Welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. As the owner of an indie real estate brokerage here in Seattle, I'm naturally interested in various communities around Seattle and what makes each of them so unique and distinct. And local businesses and organizations play a large part in shaping the flavor and character of the neighborhoods that we love so much. So join me as we talk with these fascinating people and explore their stories of why they started their businesses, run their nonprofits, or otherwise are making an impact in the Seattle area. Today I'm joined by Ian Weinberg, the owner of Ian Fitness. Uh, thanks for joining me today. I, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. Take a little time out of your busy schedule in this nice Seattle afternoon. Absolutely. But, so uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Ian Fitness, how you yeah. got started? I mean, I you know, live here in West Seattle and yeah. I obviously noticed the... Yeah. Your, your space here, I think it used to be a CrossFit, then it, then mm-hmm. it became uh, Ian Fitness. So um, we got several locations. How, how did you get started? In yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but um, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you kind of the condensed, um, condensed version. So after college, I played soccer for a few years um, okay. professionally. And I was always kind of the last guy to make the team, but the happiest guy to be there. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, well, what do you guys mean you don't want to practice today? You know, I, I loved every moment of it and chased that dream for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, never really made much money uh, to speak of, but like I said, I had a great time and, and no regrets doing it. Sure. Um, throughout that process, I ended up down in San Diego where I was doing some playing, doing some coaching, mm-hmm. and working in a gym all at the same time. And that was kind of how I was able to make some money is kind of a lot of different pieces together. Okay. And that was my first taste of working in a gym. And in that experience, I learned that I, I loved the atmosphere. I loved the idea of helping people get fit, get in shape, because that was kind of all I did, right? Sure. But I realized pretty quickly that, you know, I'm not sure what the statistic is, but it's close to like 87% of people who have a gym membership never go. Sure. So there was this disconnect that I was trying to help people and I was close and they would sign up and I would be pumped for them and I'm like, all right, I'll see you next week. And like, I'd never see him again. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, I, I didn't feel fulfilled and I felt like there's got to be something else, a better way to do this. I didn't know what it was at the time. But I knew I didn't really like the position, and you know, ever for, ever since you know, practically high school, I've been so disciplined on training mm-hmm. and sacrificing so many different things. It was like, let me go just be crazy for a while, right? Let me do something different. So, um, sure enough, I bought a one-way ticket to Peru. I sold everything I had. I gave the rest away to the janitor at the gym and okay. sent my big bulky computer back then back home to my folks, and mm-hmm. off I went. And um, so I traveled around for about nine months, you know, bought that one-way ticket to Peru, flew back to Seattle from Egypt to give you an idea that I was kind of all over the place. And uh, when I got back, um, you know, I realized from my trip that I had seen amazing places and met amazing people and I I really wanted to make an impact on the world. I wanted to do something great. I didn't know what it was still at the time. Um, And so when I got back, it was like kind of this depression, like what am I going to do now? I didn't want to go back to a gym, but kind of like fitness and sure. and movement were really my passions and what I knew. So eventually I, I took a job as an independent trainer. Okay. And, and what, very, what year would this be? Uh, man, this is, you know, eight, nine years ago. Okay. At a gym on the top of Queen Anne, just a, a family owned gym. Mm-hmm. And through that experience, you know, pretty quickly, I one of my first clients, I was able to help her with a pretty dramatic transformation. And I said, wow, this is this is how you connect with somebody. This is how you get them in there. You need a little bit more accountability than just kind of this gym experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from there, it, it's really built up to now, you know, fast forward to today, we've got nine locations, you know, nearly 40 plus employees, mm-hmm. um, thousand clients through all, the, through all the locations. And I've kind of developed two different experiences for people 
under the big umbrella of movement is kind mm-hmm. of like our philosophy is get people moving um, in a fun, safe, non-intimidating way. Sure. And so we do one-on-one private training and that's just, you know, self-explanatory, get folks moving, connect them with one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. And then we do our boot camp, which is group personal training. And that's, you know, kind of more of a, a group mentality. So it's fun. It's high energy. The music's going, people okay. are high-fiving. And, and yeah. so that's the experience there. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's lots of different, you know, kind of styles of, mm-hmm. of, uh, I don't want to say gym membership, but, but there's, you know, the kind of the, the boot camp style, the CrossFit, yeah. the, you know, personal trainer yep. stuff and, you know, a whole bunch of different stuff. What, could you make a, a comparison of what, you know, maybe the average person may, may understand, you know, like. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, the, to differentiate us between CrossFit is mm-hmm. CrossFit is, you know, in, in my opinion, is performance based. Mm-hmm. They're going to help you perform better in a competition within that CrossFit box or sure. against other competitors. And they're and they're just with the you know, Olympic lifting and the style of the training. It's it's performance. You're going to be a better athlete. Mm-hmm. Our focus is more on results. Sure. So if you want to lose ten pounds, fifty pounds, seventy five pounds, hundred pounds, you want to burn some fat. You want to feel better, look better you know, uh, have more energy, sleep better, this type of thing, that's more of our focus. focus. You know, in the process, sure, you might become a better athlete, but that's not really our focus. Our focus more is just on the results, and that's kind of how we set up the workouts and and who our main demographic is as well. Okay, very good. Um, So you've been doing this, what, eight eight years? Yeah, I think this fall is going to be nine years. Nine years, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so did you start with one location? You know, how did that kind yeah. of growth start? What was the initial? Yeah, response? good question. So I started in at the at the family owned gym at the top of Queen Anne, just as an independent trainer, and pretty quickly I was like, I am getting very busy. You know, there's not a whole lot of hours in the day, and realized, you know, that for the, to continue to grow, I would need some way to make it scale, and I couldn't do it on my own. I started the group stuff because the first summer came around. And everybody knows, like, once summer in Seattle, it's like, you want to get outside. So I said, man, I'm going to lose all my clients. Everybody wants to go outside. So let me start an outside boot camp. So that was the first boot camp. Since then, we've transitioned back inside mm-hmm. because nobody wants to step in dog poop in the park. And when it gets cold and rainy, it sucks to be outside. Yeah. So, but back, you know, back at that time, I said, how can I scale this? And I had a buddy that I worked with in San Diego in the gym that I really like and really trust. I said, hey, move up to Seattle. Let's, you know, let's see if we can make something happen. So he came up and... We ran it out of that Queen Anne facility. The The owners of the gym also had a location in Laurelhurst. Mm-hmm. So then I spread myself out and had those two locations. And during that first year and a half, I had a fair amount of clients end up moving to Capitol Hill. And they said, hey, you know, if you had something on Capitol Hill, we'd totally go. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, you know, I'll, I'll make it happen. Yeah. So I opened a Capitol Hill location. That was our first standalone location, okay. which we still have today. It's our smallest it's the, you know what I mean? Like the, all the things we've since learned in terms of the branding, how to lay the place out and the yeah. size that we need, we did not take into account to that first one. But it's still, that's really where my heart is because it was the first one we did. It was that yeah. first kind of leap. So that was the first one. Then we did Magnolia. Then um, kind of had a falling out with the owner of the gyms. I started to get kind of too big. I think it made him a little bit uncomfortable. And he said, hey, it's time for you to go. So I had to open a location in Queen Anne and Laurelhurst at the same time, which Imagine it was very stressful to do two at the same time, and I was getting married all within the sure. kind of within three months. Yeah. So then I had those two. Then we went to um, we opened up the West Seattle location, uh, Green Lake, and then we did 
uh, Normandy Park, and then we just recently opened Crown Hill and Lake City. And I'd broken a promise to myself. I said I was never going to do two it again at the same time, but yeah. of course we just did. Yeah. And I'll promise again now that I won't do that again. But who knows what will happen? Right. Sometimes the opportunity comes along, and you just kind of got to jump on it. Right. Uh, are you still in? Do you still do classes yourself, or are you more like the business guy? Yeah. So yeah, my the title I've given myself now is Chief Motivating Officer, okay. and so you know my job really is. Um, to, you know, and now it's about where it used to be really motivating and getting the clients like, hey, you can do this, you know, give me your best type deal. Mm-hmm. Now that role has shifted to, I, I perform that with my employees and with my team and try to, you know, develop them. How can I get them to be, you know, just better people and better high performers so that that can kind of, you know, drip over into the clients that they're working mm-hmm. with. Um, I still, you know, I personally do like Spartan races. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple clients that like to participate in Spartan races and so we'll okay. work out together. And then we have a big team meeting once a month and beforehand I'll run a group training session with all the teams. So that still gives me my fix. Sure. Cause I'm, I'm still a trainer at heart, you know what I mean? Sure. So that still gives me my fix to, uh, get that interaction and get people moving around. Uh, and then lastly, I do have like a higher level coaching program that gets access to me personally in my inner circle program where I'll work with people individually. Okay. But that's kind of a separate organization than Ian Fitness, although okay. it's still Ian and Fitness, but sure. yeah. yeah. Okay. So with, you know, kind of a unique model that you that you guys have, how yeah. do you go about, uh, you know, choosing the, the, the right trainers, you know, that, that fits yeah. what, what, you're, what you're looking for? Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, you know, there's... And I've, and I've had the opportunity to make a lot of mistakes and learn from a lot of mistakes along the way. Sure. But there's basically kind of two approaches from it. There's the trainer out there that has, you know, that went to school, has like, you know, some biology degrees and exercise science degrees, mm-hmm. and then got out of school and got three more certifications. And this guy or girl, you know, could take the human body apart and put it back together, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other person who, you know, went to school for something else and worked at a different gig. But man, they've got a really good personality and they have this ability to connect with people, make them feel comfortable, make them feel excited. And the issue that I've come up with, because initially I said, hey, the more certifications, the better trainer you are. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's not always true because that person, um, it's certainly possible, and I've seen it, that this person has a hard time connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And they use, you know, scientific language that the client doesn't understand because at the end of the day mrs jones just wants to look better and she wants to feel better in her bathing suit Mm -hmm. and if we're talking about specific muscle groups and all these different stretches that's just it's over her head and she really just doesn't care Mm -hmm. she wants somebody to make her feel comfortable make somebody that that has like that can provide an environment that feels good to be in and that she's having fun and at the same time she's getting some results and so that person that can provide that experience, I can teach them that other stuff. I can teach them the technical side of it sure. or they can learn it. But the person who has that technical stuff and doesn't have the personality, that's harder to teach. Sure. So what I've got, what I've done is focused on, hey, are these good people and can they learn these other skills? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we put our emphasis in terms of bringing people along. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then I'll add one other thing is... Sure. Uh, some of our best coaches have come from being clients in our program. Mm. They know our culture, yeah. they know how we want things to be done, and they, they've bought in like nobody else because they've lost 40 pounds. Sure. And they're like, this place is awesome, this stuff works, I know it. And then when they flip around, they can share that experience enthusiasm with other people when it's it's awesome, right? Sure. It's so authentic, you know? Sure, yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, with where you're at now, what, what do you love most about what you do in your business? Yeah, just the... You know, I, I love the transformations. I love seeing people and it doesn't, it's not just weight loss, you know, but it's 
it's the the kind of like the um, rebirth of people like either once they've lost the weight or even you know maybe they just feel better but it's like this extra confidence and ability that they feel like they have to go and tackle anything else Mm -hmm. and it's interesting is it like the chicken or the egg that they've got that and then it makes them be able to lose weight or is it they've lost weight and they can do that but either way I just that's my favorite part about it that's what keeps it going and you know we you know reading the testimonials and seeing the changes in people's bodies and what they're able to do is that's what it's all about for me okay yeah when you first started uh, in fitness, what was the most surprising or un- unexpected aspect of, of starting your own business? Oh, man. Um, the most surprising. It's a good question. There's There's been a lot of surprises along the way, for sure. Um, I think it was, you know, I because me as an athlete and coming from an athletic background, mm-hmm. I love to work out. I love it. It's great. You know, like I love that feeling of my lungs burning and I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm like, oh man, am I going to throw up? I need to drink water. I'm going to do a few more. Like I love it. Right. And that is not normal. Right. You know what I mean? So the big surprise for me was like, what do you mean you don't want to come in today? Like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like it was hard for me to understand at first. And I've, I've come to understand that like, hey, and I've actually grown older and now I have a family. I have a newborn at home. She's, you know, almost six months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last night I was up from, I don't know, two to four. And I get it why you might not want to go to the 6.15 a.m. workout in the morning. You know what I mean? And it's made me a better coach and a better trainer along the way. But those were one of the initial surprises. Because I was just, it was just me. I just go back from this big trip and this great experience. And working at, you know, my, all my associations of exercise and working out were super fun. And it took a, it took a couple, it was was a learning curve for me to understand that it wasn't like that for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Moving from kind of the business to to a little more on the the personal side of things. uh, how, How do you start each day? Yeah. So... For me, you know, I have two kind of mantras. One of them is win your Monday. And, and the same principle goes for winning your morning. So I, the way I start my day is I'll get the alarm up to get up. And winning your battle with your alarm clock for me is crucial. Mm-hmm. If you win that battle with your alarm clock, you're setting the tone for your day within your subconscious as well that like this is important to me. Too many people hit the snooze button and they're not just hitting snooze on the alarm, but they're hanging snooze on their goals and their relationships and their professional growth and their fitness and all these different things. And if you can't win that first battle with your alarm clock, how can you then be expected to win the battle with the snacks in the office or win the battle of go to the exercise, your exercise training or not mm-hmm. all these different things. And I think it really sets the tone for that first victory. Cause if you have that first victory, you can have more of them. So I win that battle. Um, and then I'll jump on the computer and address anything, any fires that need to get put out. Okay. Uh, get the oldest kid up for school and get him breakfast, get him to the bus. And then I go into the HQ and we'll have a meeting with kind of the upper level management folks. Sure. Uh, address anything that gets addressed. And, and that experience is more any questions that they have that's preventing them to get to the next level. Get that all the way and then I'll go do my workout. Okay. And that's kind of the, the my ideal start to every morning. It's not necessarily that way every time, sure. but more times than not, that's how I start it. Okay. Uh, what, what would you consider your greatest strength to be? Uh, persistence. Uh, yeah, I, I would say persistence, you know, determination, relentlessness, all of them packaged into one. It's like I don't know, might apply to other people, but I never feel like it applies to me. Sure. Um, so I think, and I think that is really a key for success whether it's fitness business you know education anything it's just you just keep going sure you seem you seem pretty motivated yeah (laughs) Uh, on the flip side of that what's one habit that you wish you had one habit i wish i had um i'd like to be able to meditate 
you know, I know a lot of folks talk about, you know, there's some good apps out there and help kind of clear the head. I have a heart, you know, mm-hmm. my head, I always have ideas going, sure. right? Things are always and turning. There's yeah. all, you know, especially with the size of the business is growing with nine locations, 40 plus employees. How can I help this person do a little better? How can this location improve in this way? How can I reach more people? How can I help people on a deeper level? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can, it can be hard for me to turn it off. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what have you found to be the most challenging aspect of owning and running your own business? Yeah. Um, probably the most challenging is is the compliance factor as we grow. So as we scale, if it's you know it's one of those things. If it's just me and say one other coach, you know I could help transport all my knowledge in, in ways that I know they're going to work and be effective to one person, and it'd be really smooth. Mm-hmm. But as kind of that game of telephone happens, then there's a little bit more of a disconnect. And so that's the challenge is, is, you know, if I can just get one-on-one with somebody and knock down all this knowledge to them and, hey, here's how you do the, all these different procedures and this is what you do when this comes up, um, we'd be more effective. But it's, that's the challenge is how do I get that knowledge across and that training across when we're, when we're bigger sure. and kind of scaling that. Sure. Have you kind of come up with a solution for being able to do that? Yeah. So it's, you know, we ha- I hired a regional manager. It was the first one, right? So it's like, hey, maybe managing 30 plus employees on my own is too much, right? So yeah. can I get into one? And he manages the managers of each location. And then they trickle down that knowledge. Okay. So that's kind of the, that's the flow of it. And it's, you know, how well it's working is the next question. Okay. And, you know, we do, as I mentioned, you know, one, every month we do one all hands meeting. So I get a chance to see everybody. And, and coach on a different topic, like, hey, here's how you structure, here's how you should structure your morning to get a lot done, or here's how you can do this to be more effective, or here's how you can have a more positive mindset, and then hopefully kind of reaching them on a deeper level. Sure. Yeah. Give you know any examples of success stories, you know, from yeah from clients that may have tried the traditional gym membership and uh, didn't work out. For yeah, for sure. You know, one of my one of, it's one of my first ones, and it's one I think that because it happened has allowed me to be successful because it kind of developed our avatar. Um, so my best friend Nick that I grew up with, um, I've known the guy since I was 12, maybe 13 years old. And, you know, one of these type of friends that you, oh, you go to each other's house all the time and his mom is the sweetest woman you've ever met. You go over there, there's always a peanut jelly sandwich waiting for you, you know. And as we got into high school, Nick's dad got sick and ended up passing away. And so Anna was taking care of Nick, his two sisters, and just dealing with all this grief. And, you know, the last priority for her was fitness and staying in shape, right? So she got pretty deconditioned. And then when I, as soon as I got started back in Seattle and, and had a couple clients, she reached out to me and was like, hey, thinking about, you know, like maybe trying to get back in shape and doing some stuff. And in her mind, it was like, you know, a month or two down the line. I was like, great, why don't you come in tomorrow and we'll chat? You know, didn't really take no for an answer. And I knew that Anna was just incredibly intimidated and nervous about the whole gym experience. You know, in her head, it was all these really big beefcake guys working out and slamming the weights and probably didn't have a shirt on and yelling and all this stuff. And so I knew right away that, you know, she, she, I, I cared so much about her and I wanted it to be perfect. And I knew that she needed an environment that made her feel safe and comfortable and it was fun. And so everything from the music that was on, what people are wearing, how the place looks, the exercises we use, the words, where I'm standing when they're doing different exercises, all these parts play into it, right? And so she transformed, she lost a ton of weight, she got a lot of energy back, she was able to go out and do the gardening and do things that she liked doing and feel better about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was, it was so powerful because it was it was a close personal friend, you know, sure. it was a family friend. And from that, you know, I've then been able to say, hey, when we open a space, 
how would Anna feel about this exercise? How would she feel about this piece of marketing? Mm-hmm. And it's been really cool to be able to kind of extend that as we as we move forward. But that's definitely one of my favorite transformations. Okay. Yes, yeah. that's, that's awesome. And, yeah. and did you grow up here in Seattle? I did. Yeah, I grew up in Green Lake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whether in business or personal or you know working out or whatever, what, what would you say is the best advice that you've ever received? Um, you know, we hear all the time that knowledge is power, right? And I used to believe the same thing, but no longer. Action is power. Because if you have, you can have all the knowledge in the world and just sit on it and do nothing. There's, you know, a million people out there who all have a million dollar business idea or who have, uh, you know, all these ideas to change the world or make the world better and do all these great things, but it takes action for things to happen. And so whether it's fitness, just getting started, it doesn't matter. You could be doing the worst workout in the world, but if you do it consistently every day, (laughs) you're going to get results, right? And the same goes for business. If you just take action and you just get started on it, that's going to be a big key for success. I'm an awful speller. I'm horrible at grammar. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different things. But I'll send an email out every day to my list because, you know, they're looking for it. But if I waited till it was perfect, it would never get done, you know? Sure. And so it's like I just take action and I get it done and I make it happen. It doesn't work every single time. But, you know, I do it enough that I'll, I'll find some success. So sure. that, that would be the one thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as we uh, kind of wrap up here, do you, yeah. uh, do you have a, a – do you listen to podcasts? Do I listen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Yeah, I listen. I like Tim Tim Ferriss' podcast. It's yep. great. Um, I listen to Lewis Howe's School of Greatness. Yep. Um, I'm blanking on the other gentleman's name. The Fitness Preacher. His name is oh man, it's funny. I see an ad on from Facebook like every day. He's, he's stalking me on the internet. But yeah, so I, I'll bounce around on a few, and sure. and it's for me, it's not necessarily the I, I like I, I chase who the guest is sure. versus kind of who's doing it because right. if I feel like there's some you know, content for me, but Tim Ferriss is always interesting because it's always some sort of hack on how to do something right. better. And it's interesting to kind of see different people's perspective. Right. And yeah. then that's kind of the, the format of those is, yeah. you know, like who, who are the guests? What's the topic that interests yeah. you? You kind of skip around. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it'd be a full-time job to like actually keep up on all those podcasts. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you could recommend just one book to, uh, to our listeners, what would it be? Yeah, one book for business, business-wise, or just in general. Personal yeah, business. Um, I really felt like how to win friends and influence people was pretty influential for me. Okay. Just the kind of the mindset, the mindset shift from if if I want something from you, what's in it for you? You know, like, and it, it applies to almost everything in life, right? Like, if you're trying to get somebody to do something, or you want somebody to do something, or you even want to help somebody. You know, if you can frame it so that it's it's has their interest at heart, and then it helps you along the way, you know, you're gonna get a lot more stuff done in general, and get people, and people will stay happy. I think. Sure. With, with the with the interaction or the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, can you share with us one? Can you share with us one piece of parting guidance? One piece of parting guidance. <laughs> um, we. When people sign up for a program, we send them a handwritten letter in the mail, and in the mail is a little pendant that um, I think I'm keeping one woman in Britain on Etsy, financing her, you know, her entire <laughs> life. But it says, "Never, never, never give up." And uh, for me, that's you know, it's there's been ups and downs in the businesses. There's been ups and downs when I was like chasing my dream for soccer, sure. and I know everybody has had an experience where you know, odds are stocked, stocked against them. And we all love that story where the odds are stacked against them and they keep going. And the yeah. key really is just not to give up. And so I would just say, and that kind of comes back, I think, to the persistence, persistence, relentlessness, determination, and, and just kind of going for it. Sure. Yeah. That's good. Uh, if any of our listeners, you know, uh, 
feel inspired, you know, by by your story and want to check sure. out what what you're doing. What's the best way for them to connect with it? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, uh, of course, backslash Ian Fitness. You can follow me on Instagram, also Ian Fitness. Um, some more kind of behind the scenes fun stuff on Instagram. Might okay. see me dancing around with the baby in the backyard or something. Yeah. Uh, and then of course uh, email as well, Ian at ianfitness.com. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Ian. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Great. All right. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and otherwise support what they're doing. If you have questions, know someone who should be a guest here or has a story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A hyphen town.com. I would also be honored if you could go to iTunes and leave us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content. And getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well on iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show as well. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate indie brokerage and our conventional approach can help you with your Seattle and Eastside real estate needs and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com. That's S-E-A-town.com. Thanks for listening. Today's intro and outro music is courtesy of the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. The Seatown podcast creator and host is Christian Harris. You can listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at seatownpodcast.com. That's S-E-A-townpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a week for our next episode. This has been a Seatown Media Production. Thank you.